Hi everyone, and welcome back to Motherwell, the Motherhood Project podcast. This is your host and founder of the Motherhood Project, Jen Delmer. On the show today, we'll be speaking with, well, me. <laughs> I am the guest today, and we're going to be talking all about sleep. Now, this is a big topic. I am asked about this a lot and more than being asked about it uh, I just hear women and mothers struggling with this so often so I just want to dedicate this episode into chatting all about it um, figuring out and sharing some ways that we can improve it Um, yeah and hopefully just shining a light on some aspects of sleep and its importance that maybe you haven't considered before. So thank you again for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back. Um, so I'm sitting here today outside recording, which is not the usual thing that I do. Usually I record in my closet um, with my podcast microphone with a filter on it and (laughs) it's all a little more um, technical. But I was out for a walk this morning with my one-year-old just pushing him in the stroller and I was listening to a podcast and the thought crossed my mind like oh my gosh this might be the way like I could record podcasts this way, no problem. Uh, it's oftentimes like a, a bit of a production to get myself into the closet with all the equipment and gear set up just because of my lifestyle. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm going to give it a try. So the audio is going to sound, you know, a little different today, perhaps. You might hear some background noise. There's a little bit of a breeze. I'm not sure how the mic is going to pick that up, but we're going to give it a go. And I'm sitting in the sun on this beautiful fall afternoon, and it feels really good to me. And part of what I'm going to talk about in this episode is that when we feel good, we are more inclined to do the things that we want to do. And so this is uh, one of those times for me. So sleep. Oh man, how much more sleep do we need? (laughs) Possibly lots of it. So I'm going to come at this um, interview, this discussion from a couple different angles. Now, one is certainly going to be speaking to my newly postpartum mamas with new babies. Sleep is, you know, like a huge, huge struggle. And then I also want to talk about kind of further down the road and sleep in terms of the vast majority of people who are not getting enough of it and you know not because they have a newborn so the tendency in our society these days is um you know to go 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 and sleep or rest is not usually prioritized Um, and unfortunately that that's just like a little bit backwards because sleep and being rested in your body it really it drastically improves so many areas uh, of life so we really need to reframe the way that we are thinking about things and and sort of those days of um, you know like a badge of honor for not needing eight hours of sleep Uh, I mean that's sort of just like 
old mentality, right? It's like, if someone tells me they're only getting five hours of sleep, I'm not clapping for that. I am feeling so badly for them, (laughs) you know, and and wanting them to feel fully rested and at their, and at their like greatest capacity during their day. So let's talk about physically sleep, the benefits of a rested body, a rested mind. Um, We know that during sleep is when our mind and our body repairs. Um, Memories are stored during sleep. So, I mean, that has a big impact on on our life, Um, but our body physically, so in terms of your muscles and on a cellular level, uh, that's when a lot of repair happens. So our body needs that, absolutely. It also greatly impacts our our hormonal systems, our sleep cycles uh, or our circadian rhythms and will impact stress um, and our stress levels. So you'll hear a lot of times uh, people talking about something called adrenal fatigue. Um, And you know, the the short version of this is like our bodies are really flooded with stress hormones, uh, even more so now during the day throughout our day where there's a stress response, or if you're dealing with anxiety, and your body is flooded with these stress hormones, your cortisol levels are through the roof, uh, we need to rest, we need equilibrium and we need those things to to balance out um and rest and recovery that doesn't involve sleep is also like a whole other thing when I talk about clients who are physically training their bodies quite a lot um the rest and recovery piece is a huge 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 piece so that that kind of coincides with with this so physically sleep is just necessary, right? And I think on some level, we, we all know that it might just not be easily prioritized. So women um, that I talk to or clients that I see, you know, people are trying to figure out how they can work out, how they can exercise, how they can come to class. So let's talk about exercise and sleep uh, for a second here. When it comes to choosing exercise or sleep, in a perfect world, we would be incorporating both because actually exercise is something that can help you sleep and have like a regular routine and pattern in your life. But here's the thing. If you had to choose between exercising or getting enough sleep or having the opportunity to rest and you had to choose one, I would choose the rest. I would tell you to get the sleep, uh, which is not I mean, I don't know, maybe a well-received message or popular, (laughs) popular message, but the sleep thing is huge. And I was listening to, I'm taking this course and I was listening to the speaker. uh, We were talking about mental health because that's what the course is on. And we were talking about, you know, the whole idea of sleeping when the baby sleeps and how that's something that you need to learn to do as a new mom or a parent to a newborn that's not something that we just innately, you know, can do. We have to learn that it's a sleep habit. It's like a sleep hygiene habit and we have to make it happen. Right. And, and that is a big, big prioritization of sleep. Um, so yes, I would say if you are trying to do one of the two exercise or sleep, choose the sleep, especially if you're newly postpartum, if you are newly postpartum, any opportunity to rest is like the best thing you can do for yourself. Um, it's the best thing that you can do for your, 
family, how you feel, how you're showing up, like all of that. So the sleep part is important. Now, for those who are not newly postpartum, maybe you don't have a brand new baby and you're wondering about workouts, you're wanting, you've got like goals, workout goals, um, maybe weight loss goals, fat loss goals, whatever it is. Um, sleep is an important part of making that stuff happen. So again, this comes back to a lot of hormonal stuff, your metabolism, what happens in the body when you have enough sleep. So if you are not seeing results that you want, you feel like you're really giving it your all, you're working out, you're exercising, um, you're not seeing the changes in your body that you would anticipate. And I mean, we also have to talk about nutrition in that same breath. But if things are, if you mostly have a lifestyle going on that you think would be yielding some change and you're not, then I would always ask, you know, what's your sleep like? How, how many hours are you getting? what are your sleep habits? So sleep is one of those things that yes, it's going to help to regulate your hormones and yes, it's going to impact your metabolism. But this is going to come back to the whole, when we feel good, when we feel better and rested, then we're more inclined to take better care of ourselves, right? Feeling good typically correlates with doing the things that also make us feel even better. Um, and you know, exercise is, is one of those things. Cause if you are exhausted, you are less inclined to you know, get that workout in, to get out of the house for your workout, to push through, right? If you're so tired that you just are, n- are not feeling motivated, then exercise is one of those things that gets, you know, pushed, pushed to the back burner a little bit. So this is where I'm kind of going with exercise and sleep better sleep habits, enough sleep is going to help you with your exercise and maybe your weight loss goals. Now, again, I want to highlight and I can't highlight enough that weight loss goals are not something that I ever encourage for anyone who is newly postpartum. And honestly, even within the first like eight months to a year of postpartum. Uh, There is so many other things to focus on that, uh, in my opinion, take priority. So for me and for my, for my team, we are never, I can't think of a time where we're, where we're really, um, focusing on weight loss in a postpartum period. So just keep that in mind. Postpartum, weight loss comes later. Okay. And, and sleep becomes something else. Sleep becomes about survival and making it through the day and, and, um, taking care of your overall wellness in terms of how you're feeling, how you're showing up, how you're interacting, um, your thoughts, all of that. So two different camps there. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you have a new baby, biggest tip, on getting some more sleep is to share the nighttime routine if that is possible if that's something that you can do in your home do it Um, I know for me personally and you know it it also kind of becomes a conversation with your partner or whoever it is helping you I know that there were times my husband certainly had some like negative feelings about the amount of nighttime (laughs) stuff that he was doing Uh, however it is what impacted my like satisfaction for life the most because I was able to 
be more rested. Now, in my experience, I wasn't at some point we stopped um, breastfeeding, we were bottle feeding. And so it was obviously much more feasible to have my my spouse helping with bottle feeds and, and the nighttime stuff. If you are breastfeeding exclusively and you are bringing the baby into your bed or you're feeding baby, maybe consider like just a suggestion on how to make this happen would be for you to feed the baby and then maybe pass the baby off for the diaper change or putting the baby back to sleep. Just something to give you a little extra time and a little more respite for yourself. Okay, so that is the new baby stuff. Now, this also becomes an issue with older kids if you still have older kids coming into your bed. So, you know, just know that that is disrupting your rest, disrupting your sleep. And I'm not going to say that you should necessarily, you know, put a huge halt to it. Some people would say, uh, you know, sleep training comes into effect at some point. Or my husband is always asking, like, how long do we let the kids sleep in our bed? And I, my thought was always like, honestly, as long as they want to, because there's going to come a point where they don't want to anymore. And so I think my eldest was sleeping in our bed until, until I was pregnant with our third and he was like six, seven. Um, and then my, my daughter, my six-year-old now, like she hasn't been in our bed in a long time because she was quite happy just to stay in her own bed all night. So I am someone who subscribes to the, don't worry about don't worry about the kids sleeping in your bed because it will phase itself out. Now, if it is causing you to be totally disrupted, like my husband would be just like at his wits end because he wasn't sleeping. I was sleeping just fine with the kids in the bed. So he would, you know, we'd find him in the top bunk or something. He'd relocate to try and get some rest because he was really disrupted. So it just depends on if it's working for you, uh, if it's working for you or not. Okay. So let's circle back. We're going to talk about emotional your emotional health um, and how sleep impacts that. So I think we all know like whether you are pregnant and so tired, right? In in pregnancy or whether you have a new baby or whether you have toddlers, whether you have older kids. And even if you're not a parent, I think we all know how awful it feels when we are exhausted, when we're tired, right? So it affects the way we feel. It affects our mood. Like, all day long, right? If you are tired, you are likely going to be operating with a shorter fuse. You might find you are crankier. Uh, You might find your decision-making is not as on point. You might just have, you know, trouble making decisions. You might not be thinking clearly. You might not feel as motivated. It's going to be harder to get going. It's going to be harder to stay on task. If you have things that you need to multitask in your day, that is harder to do. Um, it really, it really kind of touches everything in our day. If we wake up and we don't feel rested or I find too, like, even if I wake up and I do feel rested and for me personally, like I've had sleep issues for many years, well before having children. But even if I do wake up rested in the moment, you know, I'll be like petering out at a certain point. And I've really started, I've been doing this for a little while, but, uh, napping and, you know, napping is something we're going to talk about in a couple seconds here, like timing, (laughs) timing that nap. And it's sort of like when we talk about kids, you don't want them, you don't want them napping too late in the day, it screws up their night. Well, the same thing is true for adults, but naps are awesome if you can do it. And if it's going to help you get through your day, and it's going to give you that little bit of a recharge, um, that is the quickest thing to impact my mood, for sure. Now, for those of you that are either 
pregnant, expecting to have a baby, or for those of you that are newly postpartum within even the first six months or more of being postpartum, uh, please know that sleep, your lack of sleep, the sleep deprivation, and it is sleep deprivation that you're experiencing, uh, it impacts our mood so, so much. And you can feel a very increased level of anxiety, a very increased level of depression. And so if you are, if you're struggling with your mental health and you're experiencing any type of perinatal mood disorder, um, the rest piece is, it's so like in, integral, integral to um, kind of starting your day or getting through your day in a bit more of a positive way, right? So I know for sure, like in all the support groups I facilitate, all the women that I talk to, they're like, I just, I'm so tired. They're talking about being so tired and then just how, how that affects how they feel. Um, and then how it affects how they interact with their children, their partner, their family members, you know, their coworkers, um, there's just so many, so many different ways that the sleep deprivation and the, the deterioration of your mood or just like overall enjoyment of your day is um, impacted by sleep. So sleep is a big one. It's not something that I want to ever have anyone feel like it's a trivial thing or minimize it like, oh, it's, it's fine. Like, I don't need to get eight hours. Um, but it is, it is really important, really important. And whenever I'm dealing with um, a mom who is going through some mental health challenges, we are always talking about rest. How can you get more of it? How can you fit it in? Even if it's not like fully sleeping, because let's say, for example, it's just not feasible. Uh, There will be seasons of your life where the baby is waking up every couple hours and maybe it's not feasible that you have someone helping with that. So then we look at, okay, well, how can we build in rest into your routine? Even if it doesn't mean you're going to get a huge stretch of sleep all at once, you can take those recharge and kind of like power up moments, you know, um, throughout your day. So that's a strategy thing. And we talk about that a lot, a lot, a lot. So emotionally, it's affecting us. Absolutely. Right. And it comes back to that when you feel better, um, when you feel better, when you feel rested, you, you just show up differently. And I think that, uh, I think that we would attest to that being, being true. Okay. This is a big mom issue and it's staying up late because staying up late means that you have time for yourself, right? I am guilty. Like all the hands up. I am, I am so guilty of this. I often will do a lot of my work for the motherhood project, uh, late at night or after the kids have gone to bed, my husband typically goes to bed early. He's got great sleep hygiene. Um, and, and so that's like my time. And so for me, I use that time to work, which I mean, that's a whole other thing because it's frustrating and I don't like that that's how my day is, is, um, structured, but it's also a time where, you know, you'll, you'll hear about moms are doing stuff, doing projects that they they wouldn't be able to do during the day, or they're watching TV or they're, you know, binging on Netflix or whatever it is. Um, this is a very real thing and the staying up late, it usually is fulfilling 
something, right? So if the need is, uh, let's say like you need that quiet time, you've been touched out, overstimulated, so much going on through your day, and you are just like needing that time to be alone, to not have anyone talking to you, to not have anyone touching you. I mean, that is a very, that is a very real desire and need that I would say is, is super important. Um, and then the question I would have is, is there some way is there some way to build that time in somewhere else, right? To kind of just, again, it's a strategy and you might have to structure things a little bit different in the day, but perhaps you could fit in that time. Maybe you could go for a drive alone. You could schedule in, you know, a drive or uh, a coffee by yourself, or you can get out of the house without the kids, without your partner. And carve out that alone time maybe you're gonna go and exercise or you're gonna go for a walk I mean there's there's a whole there's a whole bunch of things and ways that you could build that in and then for the people who are saying like no like I can't do that I I like staying up late at night and for me I've always been a night owl personally so like I enjoy being up late when it's dark out and the house is quiet um, and there's something about that it might not necessarily be like the best thing, but I've sort of always been that way. I've always been someone who stays up late. When I was a teenager, that's what I was doing. When I was in university, um, that's what I was doing. So that's my habit and that's kind of my go-to. And so I might say, if I'm listening and, I, and someone's telling me like, oh, just go for a drive at some other time. That no, that's not really the point. There's part of me that also likes it. I like scrolling my cell phone in the evening. I like just having that uninterrupted time where I can be, you know, laying on the couch or wherever I want to be in my house without uh, anyone else interrupting me. So I do think that's okay. But let's say you're doing that five days a week, right? Just hypothetically here. Let's say you're doing that five days a week. You're staying up late. Like I will stay up till midnight often, often, often. Um, Maybe you scale back on that. So instead of doing it five nights a week, maybe you are going to bed earlier two additional nights. And on those days, you're finding a way to make time for you in a different way. So that's all I'm saying. Think about it. Think about the amount of time that you need on your own. Like sometimes if my husband falls asleep early, oh man, he could go to bed at nine o'clock and then I'm hanging out till midnight And I don't know, maybe I don't really need those (laughs) three hours on my own. Maybe an hour would be enough and I could really kind of get myself into bed sooner. So it's just kind of breaking down what your needs are, okay, where they're coming from. Like what is the thing, what is the feeling that you're trying to seek? Um, And then figuring out, you know, how we can, how we can do that in a way that is going to allow us balance. Because doing that and then waking up super tired because you only had five hours of sleep or six hours of sleep, ooh, that next day, it's like drinking, right? I hardly ever drink and I feel like it's not worth it to me (laughs) to wake up and feel even remotely hungover or tired or just that gross feeling that I get. It's not worth it, right? I won't trade it. And so maybe if we also could look at sleep that way, like I'm not going to trade my extra hours of rest just for an extra hour of TV, right? It's kind of a a risk reward situation. Okay, so let's talk about how you can achieve 
more sleep in your life? Or what are some ways that you can uh, try to implement more routine and schedule? So I just kind of said so, said it in that sentence, routine. Having some kind of an evening routine is just recommended by almost everyone that I hear, that I hear from on this topic. In any book that I read, uh, it's recommended. People are talking about this, that a morning routine and an evening routine, the start and the end of the day, it has lots of, lots and lots of positive benefits. So an evening routine, admittedly, I can see that it has a lot of benefit, the winding down aspect, because what tends to happen, and I'm so guilty of this too, guys, is like, I'll be scrolling my phone right up into the point. I'm like, okay, I got to turn my alarm off and, and put this phone down. So an evening routine will typically allow you to wind down, let your body transition. And so those types of things are like, you know, turn the lights off in the house so they're not fully on. Um, maybe you have a routine getting ready for bed, pajamas, or maybe you are having a, a bath or washing your face, brushing your teeth, whatever it is. Um, that's sort of the beginning to it, the beginning of it. But you might also read before bed instead of like watching TV right up into the final, the final moments there. Or, you know, you might just implement something. Some people will do some meditation in the evening as part of the routine, but it's all going back to this like sleep hygiene and practicing the sleep health. So winding down, having an evening routine, that is a very good thing. Uh, scheduling. I feel like, man, it's hard to schedule a bedtime, but what I would say is that, and I've been doing this lately, the past couple weeks, I've been waking up at the same time every day and that's part of the morning routine is waking up at roughly the same time every day and that includes the weekends I used to always think and approach the weekends like oh it's my time to binge on sleep and my husband would and he still would totally um, take over in the mornings so that I can sleep I usually always work on Saturday mornings and that's been the case for many 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 years but on Sundays I would just be sleeping in and and then I'd sleep in too long. I'd have like guilt and feelings about all the stuff I could have gotten done. And it actually wasn't a good thing. But now I teach on Sunday mornings. I'm coaching clients on Sunday mornings. So I'm waking up at the same time, pretty much seven days a week. And that has been a really good thing. Now, the mentality here is if we try to do that with sleep as well, that it is a good thing. It speaks to that routine. It speaks to your body knowing kind of when it's going to be turning on and when it's going to be winding down. Sleep hygiene, no screens. We hear about that all the time. Like for the past 10 years, I think, you know, the advice has been like, don't look at, don't look at any screens one to two hours before bed. And I used to always say like, oh yeah, we have no, we don't have a TV in the bedroom. So we're never watching TV before bed. <clears throat> and we didn't have a TV in our bedroom for a very long time until I was pregnant with our third baby. And then I was like, we're getting a TV in the bed, in the bedroom. I'm going to be in here, like feeding the baby, hanging out with the baby. I want a TV. So while I was newly, when I was pregnant and newly postpartum, I definitely watched TV in our bedroom and I didn't really care about my sleep habits because obviously the baby was waking up all the time anyway. But now that we're out of that, the baby is one. Oh man, he's going to be two in January. I should probably stop calling him baby, but I never watch TV in the bedroom. So sometimes we'll have it on in the mornings because the kids come in and they want to watch cartoons, <clears throat> but I'm never watching TV in there at night. And my husband rarely does either. So the bedroom is the bedroom. 
sleep happens in the bedroom. Um, yeah. And that's sort of our thing. We have blackout curtains on our, on our, uh, bedroom windows, like just like you would with a baby, right? You want to go into a calm space, a quiet space, a dark space and get some rest. So ideally no TV in the bedroom, or at least don't watch it right up into your moments of needing to close your eyes and go to sleep and no screens. I mean, one to two hours. I feel like in this day and age, that is a hard thing for some people uh, because we are so connected to our email and our social media and all of that. So even an hour I feel is, is pretty cool. We make our kids, um, you know, it's like no screen time past a certain time. And I think like it would probably be a good rule for us at home but I will watch TV like right up until I'm falling asleep on the couch and then I'm dragging myself into the bedroom, which is probably not the best approach, right? So limiting screen time. And that's simply because it keeps your brain amped up. That light that's coming off of your screen is, um, is amping you up, not to mention the content the content of whatever you're watching or reading on your phone, it could be anxiety provoking. Almost anything we watch in the news these days is anxiety provoking, uh, posts that we're reading, mom groups that we're in. It's all like not the best content for before bed. Now, this is coming from someone who watches like Dateline and really crazy things before bed, but it's not the best approach, right? And I recognize that I should certainly uh, do that less and, and try, you know, backing off, pumping the brakes on, on that at least a couple more nights a week to give myself just that extra little bit of uh, downtime. Exercising regularly, it is going to improve your sleep. Now we talked about this before. This is only really when you have a routine or you're in a season of life where you are able to do all of these things in your day. So where you can comfortably fit in exercise, I say, great. Having some kind of movement every day is a positive thing and it definitely will impact the way you sleep and the fact that you'll, you'll feel tired at an appropriate time in the day, usually. Now, the exception to that rule, and we, we said this, we talked about it, is newly postpartum. If you have a new baby, you are probably not scheduling this in every single day consistently. Um, you might be fitting it in here and there. It might be a walk. It's not necessarily like a full-on cardio strength core routine unless you're coming to our classes and then you know we're, we're taking care of uh, making sure those boxes are checked. So exercising regularly, definitely, definitely, highly, highly recommended. I mean, the exercise has so many other benefits um, other than positively affecting your your sleep, your sleep hygiene. Um, the other thing about exercise, and this is where I, I will sort of speak to not only our classes, but classes that you are committing to, that you are signing up for in advance, um, you are way more likely to do some exercise, get in that movement if you are committed to something. So for example, like in our classes, you sign up for X amount of weeks at a time. And so you have this built-in accountability and then you also happen to be hanging out with other moms. And so you know that they're expecting you, you're expecting to see them. It becomes a social time. It's a time also for babies to interact with other babies. And so you are more likely to do this to get out of the house to pack that diaper bag to get in your car to make it happen um, you're more inclined to do it when you have a commitment there right when you have um, 
a buy-in. So that I would say is just a tip and like not necessarily our classes. If you are into something else, some other type of um, exercise place, studio, gym, whatever it is, finding a way to schedule that in so that it is part of what you are expecting to happen in the day is so helpful. You're more likely to do it. Okay. And then the benefits just really roll from there. So with the motherhood project, we're always saying, you know, physically, yeah, sure. We're, we're taking care of your body physically, but we are more important with the, what is happening for your mental health, what is happening, um, in your social health, that connecting with other moms who are going through the same stuff as you. Um, these things, these things are more important and the, the actual physical part is great, but in our opinion, and especially prenatal and newly postpartum, and even again, later postpartum, um, there are other things that are, are just more important. And the exercise is sort of the vessel, the gateway to, to kind of reap all these other really amazing, amazing benefits. All right, that's it for exercise. Um, napping, I did mention that. If you, can, if you can nap, do it. I always recommend the nap, even now, right? My kids are eight, six, and one. And during this whole time that the kids were home, off school, COVID, all of that, when the baby would go for a nap, I would make sure that the eight and the six-year-old were occupied. And I should also note, like, my husband is working from home, so there's another adult here. But I would be like, um, closing my eyes for 20 minutes, this has to happen. And uh, yes, there were times I felt guilty about that or bad about that. But I also really talked to my kids about, like, my health, my mental state, what this does for me. Like, I need to do this. And, you know, we'll do X, Y, and Z after I'm up. So napping definitely do it if you can. Definitely try not to do it late in the afternoon because then you're going to get into this cycle of, well, now I'm up late and now I'm waking up and I'm not rested. So that's for naps, uh, caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, all of those things try to limit, right? Especially before bed. Now for me, I usually, I would say like 8 p.m. Like I'm sometimes having a coffee after dinner, which uh, it's, it's rare that I would do that. Usually my last coffee of the day is around three when I need that last little pickup. Um, and that's usually a pretty good time. So I would say like 7 p.m. onward would be a good cutoff a good cutoff. It, it depends what your goal is, what time you're trying to go to sleep. If you're trying to go to sleep at nine o'clock, then it needs to be even earlier than that. So when I say, oh yeah, no caffeine past 8 p.m., that's because I'm anticipating being up till midnight and I'll be able to go to sleep by then. There's no way I'd be going to sleep at, at nine or 10. So that just depends on timing. Um, What else did I want to talk to you guys about? I really, I think, I think that's everything. Um, like I said at the in the intro, sleep is something I hear about definitely multiple times in my week. So whether it's from moms in class or moms in support group, um, people are struggling. People are struggling with sleep. The baby's not sleeping. They're not sleeping. The partner's not sleeping. It's just kind of a mess. So <clears throat> also recognize and try to accept that there are seasons in our lives where these types of things, and it's not just sleep, it applies to lots of things, but there are seasons in our lives where 
it's going to be easier to sort these things out. Like, yes, when your kids are older and they're sleeping in their rooms and they're sleeping through the night, um, it's going to be easier to sort out your own sleep routine and your own sleep stuff. So if you're not in that season and you're in a season with babies and young kids and kids coming in the room and interruptions, um, just know that like, that's okay. It's temporary and you will sleep again. I remember when we had our third baby, it had been many years since we had had a baby in, in the home. And it was the, the worst part was the sleep deprivation because we hadn't been sleep deprived in a long time because our other kids were older. They had been sleeping through the night for years. Uh, even if my eldest son would come into the room, like we were still we were still sleeping. And so that was a tough one. And we would look at each other and be like, Oh my God, what did we do? Like, when is this going to end? How long is this going to go on? And then like, you know, the baby grows and the baby changes and he got bigger and now he sleeps through the night unless there's something going on like teething or, you know, there'll be, you'll, there'll be the times and they are few and far between now where the baby will be up crying in the night. And, and we look at each other and we're like, yeah, we made it we, we made it. (laughs) We're sleeping again. This is what we were talking about, what we were looking forward to. And it does happen. So you will transition through that season of waking up all the time, waking up constantly. Maybe you're sleep training your child because you really need to, because you're at your wits end and you have to make a change. You have to do something about it. And like, I'm all for that. If it's going to help you, if it's going to make your life um, easier, more bearable, more enjoyable. If it's going to improve your mental health, then like I'm, I'm all for it, but just know that if you're kind of riding it out, that you will ride it out, that it will come to an end at some point And it really is temporary and it's just a season. And then there will be, there will be seasons when it comes to sleep where the issue is not like, how can I get an uninterrupted night? It's going to be like, how can I uh, stop myself from staying up so late? How can I limit my screen time? How can I build in more of an evening wind down routine? And and the goals change. So I really hope that everyone can sort of be uh, practical and realistic about their goals and no expectation to just like, boom, get this all sorted out overnight for everybody in the same way, because that's just not life, right? And that's certainly not motherhood. As always, thanks again for joining us, you guys. I hope that this episode was informative for you, that there was some kind of takeaway for you, um, or that it was at least thought-provoking in some way, shape, or form. Uh, If you like what we're doing here at The Motherhood Project, we would love your support in the way of an Apple podcast review. We also greatly appreciate your Google reviews. And if you would like to join us on social media, we hang out a lot and most often on Instagram. Our handle there is at the underscore motherhood project. You can also feel free to visit our website, themotherhoodproject.ca. We've got lots of details on class offerings, special events, all that good stuff on there as well. Um, I'm hoping that this will be the beginning of a new recording schedule for me. Now that my big kids are back in school full time, I'm trying to restructure my day all again, right? All these new normals and new routines. So hopefully we will be uh, hanging out again sooner than later. And until then, you guys take care and be well.